Blessings to all. This is G. Craig Lewis here uh, at EX Ministries with another EX cast. Uh, this is our podcast for EXMinistries.com, where we get the truth uncut, unedited, the way it's supposed to be. And I have a very powerful man of God here with me, uh, a brother that I would definitely consider a friend at, in the in ministry, as well as just a very powerful man of God, powerfully anointed. I have here all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Pastor D.L. Foster of the Gay Christian Movement Watch. How you doing, Pastor? Man, I am blessed on this day. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm certainly rejoicing and being glad in it. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, man, it, I count it a privilege to have you here. Uh, I believe you are one of the forerunners in warfare when it comes to the body of Christ and the things that are going on in the body of Christ that the enemy is is trying to establish. You are you're you're just on the wall looking out, and I can appreciate that, brother. Yeah, you know, I you know that is really I would say an accurate assessment of what I consider the Lord has called me to do is get on the wall and open my eyes, warn, record, and document. And uh, let folks know that uh, this thing that we're dealing with is real and that there are casualties and that we had better make sure that we are close, sticker, sticking close to the Lord, because uh, the ride's about to get bumpy if it hadn't already done that. Yeah, I believe the ride is getting bumpy, and uh, I believe we're pretty much there. Uh, and, and it's just good to have men like yourself that want to be courageous and stand up for you know what we know is right and i just want to jump right into this conversation um i've had a chance to read your blogs for some time now i link people to what you're doing i send your stuff out because i mean there is just not another ministry that i've seen that uh carries the authority spiritually that yours does as far as you being a watchman for this the you know the homosexual uh activity that's going on in the body of christ i mean you just tell it like it is i mean what what has really gotten you to the point to where this is just you know s something that you do with without even batting your eye i mean how did you get to this point pastor well you know um th this really you know courage comes from god you know he tells uh tells us especially when you read the book of joshua how he says to joshua you know not to fear not to uh you know to, to take courage because the Lord is our commander. Mm -hmm. I spent 10 years in the military, and I'd like to t I, you know, I tr tell people that, you know, I think that was 10 years of training the Lord gave me to prepare me to deal with the things that I have to deal with. Uh, we're up against a very formidable enemy, uh, spiritually and naturally. Uh, however, you know, with the, the Lord on our side, we're not afraid. Uh, and, and, you know, um, Brother Lewis, Greg, I got to the point to where I was, and I don't want it to sound the wrong way, but I was just tired of telling my testimony. You know, uh, it got to be benign in a sense to where people would say, oh, wow, I really enjoyed your testimony. And I said, God, you, you know, I know there's more to this than just telling people that, you know, you delivered me from homosexuality and, you know, they get a good feeling or pat me on the back and go ahead. But there was a whole... Um, um, arena of spiritual warfare that had not been dealt with uh, in this area. And, and the Lord uh, really impressed upon my heart to stand up uh, and to speak forth with authority and with conviction so that, you know, uh, there are many avenues of approach that the devil uses. This was one where I saw that there was no one really standing in the gap. And, and so I said, yes, Lord. 
and uh, and that's why I do what I do, and I do it without apology. And I just want to thank God for men like yourself who, you know, with such bold and, and principled stand that you take, is certainly an inspiration to me. And um, and I think, uh, you know, most of all, that is God causing His own plan. Sometimes we don't see it all, but we know, you know, the lane that God has put us in. And I'm determined to do whatever it is that God has assigned to my hands until, you know, the day I close my eyes or until I look up and I see the, the sky opening up and he's coming back. Well, man, you know, that is powerful to hear you talk like that because, and I'm going to be real with you, uh, for several years, I just, I had pretty much given up on there being hope for a homosexual. I'm just be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I had yeah. looked at it from so many areas and every man that I had talked to that had been in that lifestyle that had gone down that path. I get with them, man. We're talking, we're praying, we're, you know, yoking up only to find out, man, that these brothers are not delivered. Right. And they would always tell me, well, uh, deliverance is a process and i you know i'm I'm not fully delivered or you know uh it's still a struggle and you know i just and of course being a straight man that kind of repels you it so to speak to where you you know you just kind of back off and be like you know well brother if you know you're struggling then i, I need to you know stay away and so it just created a mindset within me you know, where I would go to men that I considered mentors, a men that I would consider, you know, uh, men that have been in the fight longer. So I, I give them credibility when it comes to that. And they would just tell me, hey, doc, you know, I'm, mean, you know, I don't know nobody that's just been fully delivered. That's that's walking it. And so when I ran across your information, I could just hear from the tone of the way you approach things with, you know, you, you approached it with sincerity. You approached it with compassion. Yet you didn't get soft on the issue and i said well lord this is somebody sounds like this brother has really met you and really gone through it and so what i've always wanted to do pastor i've always wanted to find somebody that had been completely delivered from that s situation that could give advice or could help or could just you know let people know that this is not the end of things you there is deliverance for you and man when i found your stuff and met you and everything i was just elated because it's a it's a real thing do you run across that with uh you know you, you know men of god that just in that area people just kind of turn away and just like well that's not something i want to deal with yeah you know again this is uh you know this is what i call an esther moment uh, in the church. And um, God has called us, myself, there are many others um, uh, that uh, perhaps are not as as much at the forefront as I am, but there are many others. And um, God has called us for this season because it's no accident that on the national stage, on the world stage, the threat of homosexuality, if I can say it that way, the threat is real and it is present even as we speak. Uh, and, and if, you know, you know God like I know him, he will raise up somebody from the backside of nowhere, mm -hmm. put his spirit in them, give them his authority and say, now open your mouth and declare my counsel. And, you know, I, I just I'm a nobody. I'm from little Marlin, Texas, down south of Waco, you know, and I, I would have never dreamed in my wildest dreams that God would have me doing and saying the things and uh, what I do now. But, uh, you know, I am so grateful that he purchased me with his own blood, mm -hmm. bought me, 
Uh, he gave his life to redeem me from the very pits of hell. And, uh, you know, I'm obligated to him. And I do understand what you're saying. You know, on a daily break, uh, basis, Brother Lewis, I talk to men and women all over this country who contact me and say, I want to get out of this lifestyle. I want to get free from these desires. I want to be whole. I want to walk um i want to walk in deliverance and i want to know what it is to you know to be made whole and you know i spent countless hours on the phone on the internet um pouring into them because for for the simple reasons that there aren't a lot of pastors who are willing to deal with this perhaps on that level and and really what we're missing is uh the concept that jesus left us which which is make disciples of men and I do understand when a man has not been involved in that lifestyle, it's kind of scary dealing with somebody who has. But I thank God that he's given me the grace. He's given me compassion because of my own experience. I ain't scared of nobody. I don't care where they've been and all this kind of stuff. You know, what I know is that God is able to deliver them. And that's the word that I preach. That's what I stand on. That's what I live. It was 19 years ago, April 12, 1990, uh, when I was going on my last round. You know, I felt that. It was it. I was just going to die a homosexual man, and I was going to bust hell wide open, and it was no hope for me. But I thank God that he had the mercy upon me to snatch me away from the enemy and to really give me my life back. And, uh, again, I am so deeply grateful to God that uh, I don't mind doing whatever he tells me to do because I know where I could be and should have been because of my own sins. And there are thousands of men and women who long to truly have a relationship with God, but uh, for, for a myriad of reasons, uh, they are being held back. And I see myself as uh, a Moses in a sense. You know, God has called me to lead them to victory, lead them to a place where they have that true and honest relationship with him, not going in and out and up and down and round and round, but to stand solidly firm because what he did for me, he has no respect of persons. He certainly can do for the next man or woman. And we are called then to be witnesses of his power, radical power to transform human life. So, so in one instance, yes, I do understand that sort of intrepidation that people have when dealing with homosexuality. And, uh, you know, I aim to change that by, I tell people, you know, really we ought to have a ministry like this in every church, just like the Usher Board. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about, well, there's gays everywhere, it's gays everywhere. Well, good, then we need to have ministry everywhere, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, because this is, I believe, it's the will of the Lord. Uh, we are, again, in a monumental struggle. For anybody who's read my blog, you know I document it all. I will smack it down real quick, uh, because we're, we, you know, we're up against something that is deceptive, it's slick, it's cunning, it looks good, it talks good, but we need somebody with a spiritual eye to see it for what it is. It's a demonic movement trying to cloak itself in righteousness. And so it, it does take that sort of boldness in the spirit to really deal with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not um, at all trying to, you know, prop myself up. And I do as people pray for me uh, because it's not an easy job at all. But, again, I just thank God for men uh, like yourself who are recognizing the work that we do in the sense that, you know, to, to partner and say, we know, God is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I've... You know, my heart, just just having the heart of a person that cares, I mean, you can hear it in the stuff we do. My heart has always gone out to men that deal with this struggle. But my fight has always been the industry, the music industry, the, you know, how, you know, the music industry will take that struggle and exploit it. 
and people will begin to embrace their struggle and try to even use it to position themselves in the entertainment industry. And so that's why it's always been something that I've always blasted. And, you know, people tell me all the time, man, you know, you're, you're too hard on the homosexuals. But if you just read through everything I do, you know, I, I'm hard on everything that's just wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we're hard on sin. Yeah, yeah just absolutely. hard on sin, period. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, and I'm hard on myself if, if, if there's areas that I need to get that's right. I'm right, just that right i'm just that type of person and anybody that gets close to me knows i'm not just trying to uh, blast people i'm i'm trying to fight this fight so that we can have victory and the kingdom of god can be here on earth but what ends up happening i believe a lot of times is that you know people uh the leadership of these movements especially you know we talked about it before the the leadership of the Pentecostal, um, not the Pentecostal, but denominations and different things. It's almost like the enemy has strategically placed flaky homosexual leadership all around. And so, you know, to stand up and fight would almost be standing up and fighting against the iconic men that have set themselves up as leaders yes, in the in the church. You're, you know, you're absolutely right on that. We know we, we, we're living in a time where we have this, um, and I keep talking about season, times and seasons, and, and this is almost key to us really being victorious because we're in a season now of war, and the, the, the immature uh, part of the church, which, is a, which makes up the majority of the church, is saying, hey, there's no problem. You know, don't judge people. Uh, calm down. You know, don't take all of that. You know, um, you know, just let live and let live. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're pushing against is a, is a, um, a, a spirit that has risen up in this season that says God's word doesn't matter. And, and yes, you're absolutely right. You can look at just about every major denomination, particularly in our African-American uh, you know, sphere. You can look at all of these major denominations. You can see a very pronounced presence of sexual immorality, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, there's sexual immor immorality spread out, and these leaders have their hands all the way in the jar. Some of them can't even get their hand out. And, uh, and so they're cloaking that, as, as um, Paul wrote in, in uh, Corinthians, he said, you know, don't be deceived. Satan has, mi has ministers that he has planted in the church who now have transformed themselves into ministers of righteousness. And we're up here saying amen to these demons up in the, in the pulpit uh, when really we should be saying, wait a minute, what is God saying? Mm -hmm. You know, because if we follow these Pied Pipers, they will lead us straight into hell. And it's, it's very unfortunate that many people's eyes are blinded or they're heavy so that they cannot see uh, who is actually at the helm of these churches. Uh, and, but but I'm, I'm saying again that I have no fear of man. I rather fear God who is able to destroy both body and spirit rather than to fear some denominational head. You know, and I believe that the Bible is applicable to all people. If you're on the top of the totem pole or if you're at the bottom of the totem pole, we're all supposed to obey God's word. And this has become problematic in the contemporary church because some feel like because they have risen to positions, or because they have thousands of folks who uh, applaud them, that they no longer are, uh, you know, no longer have to worry about whether they line up with God's word or not. But I just sense that God is raising up many more Nathans that are going to seek them out, point their finger in their face, and say, you have sinned and you need to repent. 
And hopefully they will have the spirit of David to say, you know, wash me. That's what made David such a great man is that when he was confronted with his sin, he didn't buck up and circle the wagons and call his lawyers. He got on his face before God and said, wash me and cleanse me. And this is what we truly need in the church today, Brother Lewis, is a return to repentance. And uh, sadly, it seems like these folks, just their pride is keeping them from it. They, they have too much at stake that they have built up their own kingdoms uh, rather than the kingdom of God. And uh, but but like I say, you know, it's on. I I I feel like Moses sometimes. You know, when he came down <laughs> off the mountain, uh, the folk were reveling. They were committing sexual immorality, worshiping idols. And Moses made a call. He said, "Who's on the Lord's side?" Mm-hmm. He didn't say, "Who's on my side." He said, "Who's on the Lord's side?" And the Bible says, "You're just talking about the music industry." The Bible says he called to the Levites and called him, called them to, and said, "Strap up." And then he gave them commands, and the Levites were the only ones who came and obeyed what Moses had, the call that Moses sent out. But look at the music industry today. It's in a sad, degenerate condition. You know, and it's sad because it's not, not the Lord's music going out. This is the music of people's flesh. Yep. So, so again, I appreciate you. Man, you probably need to get a, a, a double-edged sword if you don't have one already because this is what we're up against. You know, you can't use no butter knife when you're trying to cut something. <laughs> right. So I'm, I don't make any apologies for, you know, I definitely wouldn't make any apologies for what you do because, I mean, the intensity of what we're up against, as some people say, you got to fight fire with fire. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I, I've been doing a series even on our radio broadcast about Pergamos and the, the seven churches of Asia as a whole, yeah. but just the doctrine of Balaam. And I believe that's what we're up against now, where Balaam actually put a stumbling block before God's people. And that stumbling block was immorality. It was yep. the merging of, you know, this, the, uh, the their sexuality where he was using the Midianite women and seducing the men of Israel. And it's almost like that's where it is now where, you know, every major denomination, every major move is headed by, you know, immoral people. And it's, it's because of that immorality that it's a stumbling block for the people that follow him. You know, that scripture it's in Psalms. I think it's Psalms 12 where it says the wicked, uh, strut on every side when the vilest of men are exalted so it's like when you exalt vile men it gives license to the people to just walk around in wickedness and it seems like that's you know that's where we are i know even in our city of dallas and i you know i just tell the truth like you know when bishop td jakes got down here um you know his church of course everybody anybody with two eyes can go in there and see is just uh, I mean, it's just a haven of immorality and, and and all kinds of stuff going on. And it's like the spiritual climate of this area. I could testify of it because I'm here. But it's like the spiritual climate of this area just went down and the standard of holiness just went down. And because he's bringing movie stars and making movies and, you know, doing all these homosexual innuendo type of things, this he motions and all that stuff that he's doing, yeah. it just brought the spiritual expectation of people in this area down and it's like a lot of churches even around here are being affected by that to where you know if you push the spiritual envelope your folks will say wait a minute it don't take all that i'm gonna go to the potter's house and it's you know that's that's kind of the feel you know of it and i know you've had even on your blog you've got information concerning you know bishop jakes and others and i've got it on my blog as well but do you see 
kind of what I'm saying as far as the doctrine of Balaam, the enemy may be using not just homosexuality, but just sexual immorality, period, Right. you know, right. To, to stop the move of God. Absolutely. You know, from the very beginning, uh, sex is very powerful. God created sex, uh, and he created it to be enjoyed uh, for pleasure and procreation between a man and a woman in covenant marriage. Uh, Satan also knows the power of sex and sexuality, and so it, again, is, is not uh, an accident that the major sin of the church today is sexual immorality. Uh, and, and again, uh, as you noted, uh, the same issue with, with, was with Balaam. Even in Israel, when uh, God sent plagues, they were generally responses to people's idolatry and sexual immorality. Uh, and it's very clear throughout Scripture that these are the things that draw uh, the wrath of God. Uh, even the Sodom story, the, res- the, the wrath of God came because of the, uh, the pride that the Sodomites had in their sexual activity. They, never, they would not repent of what they were doing. Uh, and on my blog, yes, we have documented um, uh, time and time again uh, Bishop Jakes' um, you know, I'm not sure how to even categorize it. It's, it's almost disgusting. Uh, his refusal to take a stand. And I've even questioned, what's the reason for this refusal? Why, as a man of God, written over 30 books, uh, all of them bestsellers, why is it as a man of God, when it comes to this subject, all of a sudden you waffle it? Why can't you take a stand? You know, uh, Isn't that what God places us in position to do? We are representatives of the king. We're not supposed to have our own agenda. We're ambassadors of a king uh, and a kingdom. Uh, you know, and, and, and on this earth, we're supposed to represent and speak only the interest of our king. But when it comes to this issue, uh, all of a sudden, you know, folks are talking about don't judge. and You know, you don't really know. You wasn't really there. Uh, which, again, is, you know, a bunch of mishmash and baloney, <laughs> because the truth of the matter is that God has given people spiritual discernment. As a matter of fact, that's a spiritual gift in the church. We kind of lost it, mm-hmm. but we need to gain it back. Because if we don't exercise spiritual discernment, which is to simply rightly divide you know, what is false from what is true, uh, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and again, many people have given their, they've sold themselves out to their leaders, uh, false leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't read their Bibles, Brother Lewis. They don't study to show themselves approved. They don't seek God to know for themselves you know, what the will of the Lord is. They wait for Sunday morning so Bishop can tell them, mm. and then they run with that, you know, and uh, that's very dangerous. And so, again, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I don't, as people say, throw rocks and hide hands. I don't do that. You know, I call it for what it is. I document it, and it's for all to see and for anyone to uh, refute if they, you know, if they want to. Certainly people have tried to do that. Uh, but I believe that we should stand strong on what the Word of God says. I always tell people, don't defend people, defend the Word, mm-hmm. okay? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will always stand. And uh, many people are so struck on personalities and the accomplishments of people and that, you know, that, uh, you know, that gets them excited. But uh, I'm still, I still have stars in my eyes uh, of Jesus hanging on the cross. I still, it's still phenomenal, stunning to me that this man would love me enough to give his life for me. And I'd like to know, when are these false prophets going to give their life for the people? Hmm. You know, we'll still be waiting. (laughs) 
So, so I say it's time to stand up and be strong. Let me say this right quick. You know, one of the things that distinguished Jesus from the Pharisees was when he first began his ministry and he went to the temple and taught, the Bible said the people were astonished at his doctrine because he did not teach as the Pharisees taught. And one of the reasons Jesus could teach with such, um, uh, such um, uh, authority was because he didn't slip around in the darkness doing sin, you know. And here's, here, herein is the, is the bigger problem, the broader problem with uh, leadership addressing the critical issues of our day is because when you slip around in the darkness, the devil will call your trump card when you get up and try to pretend like you all that. Seven sons of Sceva. Paul, I know, Jesus, I know. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And so it's incumbent upon us as leaders to keep ourselves free and clear from the world so that God can use us to speak uh you know what we're what we're speaking we first have to be partakers in terms of our living and so i'm i'm, I'm very um on one hand i'm disheartened because uh you would expect people that have the, the center stage and have the spotlight on them to do what is right but it looks like we can't depend on them anymore and so i'm i'm you know i'm putting my trust in the lord and him only shall i trust Praise God. Well, you know, I tell people all the time, what if the devil just sat back and created a plan to say, wow. hey, if I can get all of my workers on a national platform, then I would pretty much just take control if people think that that platform is graced by God. And I think that's the problem we have now. People see, you know, when we see people on TV, we automatically assume God put them there. We yeah. automatically assume yeah. they're, they're more powerful spiritually. We automatically assume that there is something that is great about what they're doing. But, you know, what we fail to realize is that most of the radio uh, TV stations are owned by homosexuals. Most of the people that administer the the, the entertainment industry are immoral. And so (laughs) for them to have an iconic person on TV is almost just the opposite. It's almost like a fraternity of brethren that indulge in sexual immorality. And that's how they actually get from place to place and grow, you know, with a greater TV or a media presence. Yeah. Gives another meaning to the good old boys club. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, you know, people, I, I don't know why people's eyes stay in the stars like that. And it's just, it's a shame. And then I, I know you get this a lot that you're touching God's anointed. And that's the one I get the most, you know, oh, touching yeah. God's anointed and doing his prophets harm. And you got to yeah. be careful. Man, I have had every don't curse. Don't put your mouth on the man of God. Oh, man. And it's the yeah. man dove God with a D. And I've had every <laughs> curse you can imagine put on me. Yes, I've sir. been told I'm a drop dead while I'm up speaking. I mean, I've had prophetesses and all kinds of folks just put curses and everything on me. I mean, does that happen to you a lot? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I, you know, I deal with that on a regular basis. And, um, you know, one of the things I determine is I, I don't give demons a voice on my blog. You know, you won't get the opportunity to launch an attack against God's word or God's true prophets on this particular piece of territory. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes, you know, but, you know, we develop it, This is one of the things that uh, God, uh, when God called Jeremiah, if you remember that in the first chapter, you know, this is what he told Jeremiah, set your face like a flint. Don't be afraid of their faces or what they'll say, because we already know that there are folk that have been implanted, embedded in the church by Satan with God's allowance. Uh, but they've been embedded there uh, for this purpose, you know. Uh, 
And so I, you know, yes, it's, it's part of the territory, and uh, but it really doesn't affect me. It would be different if I was lying and sleeping around and, you know, doing all sorts of damnable things, and then here I am trying to tell folks to repent. It'd be a different story. Uh, so, yes, I, I do deal with that, and I think that every true prophet, uh, true man of God, and we do have to make that distinction in these days that there are false men of God, little g, and that they're true men of God, big g. Yeah, we have to make that distinction. Uh, and I do believe that, uh, like God showed uh, Elijah, that he has men who have not bowed the knee to Baal, you know, and that he is preserving them for his own purpose. Uh, but yes, you know, we have to expect that. And, uh, you know, mo uh, most of the time, uh, Brother Lewis, this is coming from folk who, you know, they are trying to protect their interests and their assets. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not. They're not. They have no concern with the integrity of God's word. Uh, but these are selfish assets and, and and things that they are trying to protect. Uh, and you know what it reminds me of more than anything is you remember when Paul and um, was it Paul and Barnabas went to this particular town and the young lady had a familiar spirit mm -hmm. in her and she was following them around the town and talking all this stuff and you know, we know that you're men of God and all this stuff. And the Bible said Paul's spirit became vexed. Because this was an unclean spirit. Man, he cast that spirit out of that girl, and she, you know, became normal. And uh, this is how they actually ended up in the jail, in the in the Philippian jail, mm -hmm. uh, is because they cut off the, um, the money. financial uh, benefits that this girl with this demonic spirit was bringing to them, mm -hmm. you know. It would seem like folk in the church would rejoice when people get delivered from homosexuality. But many of these men are using these mm. uh, brothers who are trapped in this lifestyle for their own selfish reasons. Mm. They're, they're preaching a prejudicial gospel because they want these brothers and these sisters to stay bound in that sin so they can manipulate them. But mm. the devil is a liar. Mm. You know, I have a friend who wrote a book called Sin is a Business, yeah. and he talks about that. He talks about how, uh, you know, they want these people in their sin because they'll constantly need them and they can they can profit off go. of them. Just like an attorney, a, a prosecuting attorney needs people to commit crimes so he can keep a job. Yeah. And it's <laughs> or like a doctor needs people to be sick so that he can prescribe medicine. So. It's just it's turning into that kind of business. Now, we, we've taken up a little time, but I definitely want uh, people to go to your blog. I'm going to put your information on the uh, website for them to link to you and, and, you. and, and check your stuff out. But I, I do want to ask you just a couple of uh, sincere questions just for the help of the people that come to EX Ministries. You know, I get uh, several people uh, that may email me about homosexuality. And and now, you know, from now on, I'm going to definitely forward their emails to you. Um, but just for the general, I mean, when men are struggling in this particular area, um, you know, and they may be in church and they may have been, you know, going to the altar, you know, how they talk a lot about, and I'm sure you uh, understand this where you just go to the altar constantly and, and nothing happens, the desires and all of that, the struggles. What, what is your advice as far as the first step? to really getting free from this uh, this activity and really, you know, um, getting to a position to truly be delivered. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, let's, let's first things first. Deliverance is first, and only God can deliver a person from their bondage. Uh, and when a person cries out to God for deliverance from homosexuality, God reciprocates 
by removing them from sin into a place of salvation, from the kingdom of darkness into that. To me, that's primary salvation. I think what uh, causes people to be confused is that after deliverance, basically the church will told, okay, so you have no more problems than that. You've been delivered. That's the end of the story. But deliverance is only a door. Like Jesus said, I am the door. Mm-hmm. No one goes to a door and just stands there. A door is an entryway. It's a portal into something else. So deliverance from homosexuality is not the end. It is the beginning of a journey into spiritual maturity. And a lot of people get delivered, and then they fall apart because they perhaps have been mis- you know, misled to think that I will never, ever, ever have any kind of temptations, problems, uh, you know, conflict, or whatsoever. And they could be disheartening when the enemy comes back around the next day or so and says, hey, hey, you know you like this. Don't you want that again? It can be very, uh, you can get, get disillusioned behind that. Mm-hmm. So first of all, a person needs to honestly ask God for deliverance. Once deliverance has taken place, which we know that God does not partially deliver, he fully delivers. Mm -hmm. But once that deliverance has taken place, then discipleship must take place. Again, discipleship is what Jesus commanded us to do for a person who has confessed Christ uh, if they are not discipled into this way, into holiness, into disciplining themselves. I was talking to a young man just on yesterday, and I said, you know, really your problem is not homosexuality. Your problem is that you can't discipline your flesh. Mm. You know, because if it wasn't homosexuality, what if you had another issue and still you're not disciplining, disciplining your flesh? And so we need the Holy Spirit to give us power over the inclinations that are in our flesh. And many people don't see it like that because they, they want, of course, you know, who doesn't want this? sort of snap your finger, you know, I'm free, let's go to heaven type of salvation. But what God wants to do is through, uh, as, as, as the scripture says, work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling and lay aside the weight that does so easily beset you. God trains us to help somebody else. And I tell people the 19 years that I have lived apart from that lifestyle were ni- are 19 years of training to allow me to be able to say to that person, I know where you're at, and this is what you need to do to come this way and to get further than that. And so this kind of dis- discipline and discipleship is needed after uh, deliverance. I call that one night of ecclesiastical passion. You know how we you know, we cry and we run around in church and we slap five people and say, I'm delivered, I'm delivered, I'm <laughs> delivered, and everybody shouts and the organ gets to going and Hey, okay, so guess what? Monday's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Bible tells us that the enemy will only depart from us from a, for a season, just like he did Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back, and he's going to offer you the same thing he used to offer you. But because of being uh, now learning to discipline yourself and to understand and to recognize the enemy, your response will be much different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it takes... You know, again, spiritual training and spiritual maturity to do that. And so that's really what I do on a consistent basis is tell people, listen, you know, we need to you need to get your act together. You can't continue letting Jojo call you on the phone and think the Lord going to come and take the phone from you. He's not going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell him not to call you. You tell him that's not what you want to do anymore. And then you have to back that up with action. Right. And so we, we have this really very passive response. 
to dealing with this issue. And I think, again, for a person who really wants to move forward, uh, those are the keys to doing that, understanding what deliverance is and then understanding what needs to happen after you're delivered. Yeah. And see, I'm going to tell you, and I'll just say this, I I've seen so many times what you're saying. I, I believe everything you're saying. You know, when we do altar calls, uh, when I go speak, you know, I let people know that this is the beginning. This is the first step in, right. you know, in this. And, you know, people want uh, they look at the children. A lot of times they want the children speaking in tongues and falling out in yeah. different things. And I yeah. let them know, no, there's stuff in your house that you got to take off your wall. There's stuff in your iPod there you, you got to delete. There's yeah. stuff in your cell phone. Your Holy Spirit, to get the fullness of the glory of God in your life, there's some stuff that can't be in your life with it. God is not going to, he's not going to feel you and you are full of some other stuff. And so I always say that, but a lot of preachers that doesn't rub them well and they want me to, you know, no, man, I need to see this and that and this. And I'm like, no, it's a process. But to hear you say that, it just brings some other things to mind, because a lot of these people, they see, you know, iconic superstar celebrities like Donnie McClurkin and different ones. And they say, well, I've been delivered. But the next thing you know, they on stage with Bobby Jones. They on yeah, stage with, you know, man. Darwin Hobbs. Yeah, that makes me scratch my head like, what? Yeah, and, and, and I'm trying to figure out now, if I got delivered from crack, you're not going to see me testifying, uh, uh, talking uh, in the crack house when I just got delivered from it. You know, that smell is going to start getting to me. It's going to, you know, the sensation is, it's, I mean, all of that is going to bother me at that season. When I first get delivered, I got to make it my job to stay away from that and tell that no. Am I right about that? You're you're absolutely right. You have to have a what I would call a healthy disgust for your sin. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and there's no way to put distance between you and sin when you sitting up back slapping and laughing and hee hawing with folks who still doing what you used to do. Mm. You have to put a difference between what is clean and what is unclean. Again. Some people, Brother Lewis, are not willing to do that. They're not willing to let their friends go. They're not willing to let the conversation. They're not willing to clean out the iPods and the MySpace. And all. There was a young man who you know, you know, talked to me on MySpace. I told him, listen, you need to clean your MySpace page up. You know, if I get the impression that you are trying to do hookups on MySpace, uh, MySpace uh, brother, you can't live for the Lord and do that. You know, and I don't bite my tongue to say that, well, if you, be, if you feel I'm being mean, well, hey, you need to go on to the next person because I'm not going to sit up and lie to you and try to make you think that you can hold hands with what you used to like and then think you're going to hold hands with God and everybody going to sing Kumbaya. <laughs> you got to let the world go. Mm-hmm. That's what the old saints used to tell us. Come out the world and let it go. Yes, sir. If you want to follow Jesus, even Jesus said that if you're not willing to give up everything, mm-hmm. not him take it away from you, you have to give it up. And if you're not willing to do that, he said, you're not even worthy to be my disciple. Mm. So we need to get back to telling people the flat-out, butt-naked truth about what it means to live holy. And then say, now you have a choice. Either you can live it God's way and reap the benefits, or you can try to do it your way and continue to spiral down and never, uh, never grow spiritually uh, in your life. And I think that's just at the point we have to, we have to cut out this baby talk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and just go ahead and be men and women and tell the truth about what needs to happen. Um, and, and if people truly want God, and Brother Lewis, this is what I find out. When they truly want God, man, they'll clean it up in a, a quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. If they don't want him, they'll start making all excuses. Well, you know, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. Wait a minute. You don't want to hurt their feelings. 
do you want to live safe or do you want to keep somebody's feelings intact? Right. And we have to, you know, keep telling people you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose God's way, you know, and then again, I know there's some extenuating circumstances. Trust me, I've been in the church and, and I tried my best when I was, you know, in my formative years trying to deal with this issue. And I didn't have really nobody to talk to or anybody to tell me how do I get rid of this or no, I have none of that. And so I gave up, man. You know, age 19, I said, man, I can't do this. I can't live this holy stuff. I can't, I can't try to be something somebody want me to be, and I don't have no help. And so, you know, I gave up. But I'm telling young men and young women today, don't you dare give up. You mm-hmm. believe God, and you trust God. And, 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 and God now has brought people to the forefront. That's why, you know, I'm very visible. I'm very vocal because I want people to see, not me, but I want them to see the ability of God to take a life that is beyond hope and to transform it and use it for his glory. Hmm. Well, brother, that that is powerful. And I'm going to I hope everyone that is listening to this forwards this to their friends and forward it to people, family members that they know and people can get in contact with you. I, I just believe that God has ordained this moment for you to, um, uh, you know, be able to share and minister and bring freedom and healing to this nation and men that, you know, are experiencing this stuff, because I believe this is what the enemy wanted all along. He wanted the, the, you know, the body of Christ to begin to look like this. And there has to be people that, you know, are are ready to take a stand and aren't afraid to take the stand. And I I appreciate you, uh, Dr. Foster, man. And I, I, I tell you, I counted a privilege to have you on this show and i believe that you're going to get some you know um, even more attention so that people can really hear what you have to say and they can you know we can start bringing healing and deliverance to our churches again so we we'll be back and we're going to go ahead and end this but make sure you click on the links to go to uh gcm watch uh with dr foster and get more information and pass it along pass it around and Man, you're going to have to write a book and shoot a video and all of that. <laughs> we need to talk Lord, about that. Yes, sir, because we this, this is the time for it. But we'll be back with another X-Cast real soon. Thank you, Pastor Foster. God bless you, sir. All right.